Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Irvin Lee. You can like, share, and comment, and follow the podcast at frombeertothebible.com. Welcome. I'm super excited. I got my good friend and co-host today sitting in for Sarah. Hi, Sarah. We miss you. Uh, my good friend, PJ. Hi, PJ. Oh, hey. How you doing, man? I'm glad to be here. I'm <laughs> glad to be able to help assist and everything else. <laughs> hey, man. I'm excited to get into the show because I, I didn't really get to hear, you know, what it is you do and the value. Now, I, I kind of know, but I want to get a refresher course. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, I want you guys, our listeners and viewers, to understand the value, the wisdom, and the knowledge that mm-hmm. PJ can help you with. Uh, not only in your work, but also in your personal life. Uh, as we always do, we're going to get started with the Word of God, and PJ is going to read us and anchor us in a scripture. Yes, uh, we talk about fellowship. One of the best fellowships you can have is with God Himself. So here, the psalmist in Psalm three three. If you're going to look this up, uh, it says this. The psalmist says this, and this is David. But you, O Lord, yeah. are a shield about me my glory, and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Ooh-wee. <laughs> now, off camera, we mm-hmm. were talking a little bit, so give them a little juice. Give them some, a little bit of background and context uh, on the uh, scripture you just yeah, read. Yeah, so David now at this point is running away because his family, his son, is trying to kill him. Yeah. And because of this incident he had with Bathsheba where he had one of his best soldiers killed because it was his wife and he didn't want people to know. And then Israel split into two, a north and a south Mm -hmm. because of this. And so here is a man after God's own heart writing down a third of this, at least two thirds of the Psalms here. And here we get him Mm -hmm. telling us, this is what this feels like to be abandoned, kicked out, and then having your son actually chasing you, trying to kill you. Yes, that wonderful way for us to pivot into what we're going to talk to you guys about today, which is the value of fellowship Mm -hmm. and family, the value of fellowship and family. And what I love about David is David is known after the man Mm -hmm. after God's own heart. So his fellowship is kind of like a standard for us to aspire to Mm. with one another, but Mm -hmm. also with our Heavenly Father. So Mm -hmm. as we get into it, we were talking earlier about how we develop relationship, real meaningful Mm -hmm. fellowship and relationship, Mm -hmm. because I think we all say we have a lot of friends, Mm -hmm. but talk about that. How do we Mm -hmm. develop fellowship? Yeah, so fellowship has to be, and you know this, Irv, it has to be authentic, Right. So nobody just wants to read your post. It, the, that's where today's social media is 
is kind of shortening that conversation. The conversation is supposed to be an interaction yeah. where you're engaging with somebody back and forth, yeah. not where you just post and then run away yeah. and then you come back later and check to see what other people, how they've responded to it or whether they've just liked it, yeah. Yeah. which doesn't give you the data that you need to build the authentic relationship, right? Right. You, you just get the dopamine hit of, oh, people like people mm -hmm. like me and they like what I said, but that's not authentic relationship. And mm -hmm. As you and I were talking, any mm -hmm. good relationship, whether mm -hmm. it be with my wife or with my friends, there is this element of sacrifice, right? Yes. So go deeper about the sacrifice that goes into a friendship. Well, we all imagine having a situation where uh, if we were caught in a jam, mm -hmm. you know, who would we call? Who could, who could come? And it certainly won't be the Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. But who would come? Who would, so if your car breaks down at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, who would you call? Well, hopefully you'd call that friend. And if that friend is really a friend, they're going to say, mm -hmm. while I am in bed and I am sleeping, my buddy needs something. Yeah. So I'm going to sacrifice the comfort, the ease, being in bed, everything else, and sleeping to go help a friend. Yeah. And we don't know how long that's going to take because yeah. maybe you get there and we find out there's a problem, the car or something else, and then you need to wait with me while I wait for the truck to come. I mean, there's so many things you could stretch that out. But see, a yeah. friend will make that sacrifice. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking as well about when you go through a trial or you go through addiction, what you're going to find out is the trial and the addiction is this weeding out process. Mm -hmm. You'll find out mm -hmm. who your real friends are. Mm -hmm. I found out in my active addiction mm -hmm. who my real <laughs> buddies and my brothers were because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people when I couldn't do anything for them because I, they perceived, oh, I'm sorry, you're down. Mm. And they left and they had no yeah. time for you. Yeah. So talk about how you deal with when you do find out who your real friends are that you are going to fellowship with. And then those that you find out weren't your friends and how you deal with that. Yeah. So I think the first step is to say, well, at least now I know. So the first thing is you can take some solace in knowing that, okay, well, now we've kind of separated the sheep and the goats here. Yeah. And so obviously you want to be with the people who who care because the whole thing is, in, but off in the scripture, you see David cried out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Lord responded. Mm -hmm. The Lord helped him. The Lord gave him a shield, which is protection because that's what he needed because people were coming to kill him. Yeah. So God gives him exactly what he needs when he cries out. Yeah. Right? A good friend, somebody that we're fellowshipping with is when we cry out, they should be somebody that it's almost like they're, it's their pain too. Yeah. Right. And we remember that. We remember the, how people make us feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't care how smart you are <laughs> or what you think you know or how much money you have. But what we do care about is how you make us feel when you're around them. And those yeah. are the people we make friends with because why wouldn't you want to be around that more? Yeah. When you do get to find out who really aren't your friends, it shouldn't be that big of a loss in a sense because yeah. you realize they were never for you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest, that that is hurtful, mm. you know, because some of these people you believe that you're doing life with. Right. Yeah. So what I come, what I came to find out was, mm -hmm. no, I was just drinking and partying with a lot of people yeah. who weren't necessarily what I would call my family. And I truly wasn't fellowshipping yeah. with. I was having a worldly so-called good time. Mm -hmm. So as we get into Let's talk about family, right? Because okay. we we both had experience with addiction and mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And and talk about the importance of family fellowshipping together. Mm -hmm. It's super important because things shouldn't 
awkward things can be awkward, but they shouldn't be awkward with people who already say, I get you, yeah. or I support you, or I'm for you. Mm -hmm. So if you have good family fellowship, then what that means is, is that anytime you show up, mm -hmm. even if you're not in the best of mood or best, you're just not that person that day, mm -hmm. they're not going to hold it against you. And therefore, again, we're creating this safety net again. Mm -hmm. And the reason what I like about safety nets is that once you get into a safe place or have a safety net, then you can be bold, mm. right? Yeah. But trying to be bold without any safety, you probably won't take that risk. Yeah. Yeah. But when you know there's safety, then you can be bold. And therefore, family then can say, hey, because we're tight, mm -hmm. I'm only telling you this because we're tight. Right. Now, if you can't hear this right now, then I can save this for later. But And so you can have those kind of conversations, yes, yes. Right, which are crunchy, organic conversations that need to happen because it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows out there. No. Hope you guys are getting this. And <laughs> this is a, a awesome way for us to transition into your, I call it your ministry, mm -hmm. but it's your work, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. give me and give our viewers just a refresher course on the value that you can add to their lives and to their businesses. Yeah, so I'm a professional listener, which means that I am a coach yeah. and a, a professional executive coach, but I also have a behavioral strategist background. So yeah. I care about behaviors and people, when you meet them, are always showing you who they are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we pick up on it, sometimes we don't. So yeah. what I specialize in is having those conversations where really I'm mostly listening mm -hmm. than anything else. But then after I'm, I listen, the insight I have is I'm able to come in with where you have a blind spot or a gap that's keeping you from succeeding, mm -hmm. I'm being able to bring it up and say, hey, this is something that we need to look into to see how we can get more out of this or how we need to do less of this if it's mm -hmm. if it's something that's blocking you know, your entry. So everybody runs into situations where they, they don't understand their behavior, they don't understand other people's behaviors, and they just wish people would, quote, unquote, act right. You know, mm -hmm. you always, yeah. I wish oh, you would man. just act right. But there's a reason <laughs> why you're seeing the behavior from this person. Yeah. And so some people just don't know how to unpack that. Okay. And so with me, I can work with them individually mm -hmm. or I can work with teams. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll do as well. Mm -hmm. Because wherever there's people, there can always be a potential drama. Yeah. Mainly because people don't understand other people's behaviors. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't seem logical to them at the moment. Mm -hmm. And what I love about you from the time we first met mm -hmm. is your, one, your love of people and yeah. the value of relationship. Yeah. And you value fellowship. And I, I truly believe the Lord always brings people into your life when you need them, right? Yeah. And, you know, you came at a time when I felt like, you know, I, I need to continue to have fellowship mm -hmm. with men, right? Mm -hmm. All types, right? On mm -hmm. all levels. And, mm -hmm. and it's nice to have fellowship. And I think the pace that we live our lives at today, mm -hmm. we don't take time out for fellowship. So... Talk about what does it look like? What are the behaviors mm -hmm. of a, a good fellowship, a good family relationship? What does that look like? Yeah, so a, a good fellowship is one that if there is tension, mm -hmm. it doesn't create a forest fire. It's probably more of a campfire because mm -hmm. a campfire is not going to – people will gather around that and tell stories. Yeah. When it's a forest fire, everybody's just trying to run, yeah. just trying to find a place where they won't get burnt up. Yeah. So the, the, the idea here is that in a fellowship, what's perfect about this is, is what well, we were already designed as social people in the first place, social mm -hmm. animals, if you will. And if I can get around people 
who believe in me, trust in me, and I believe and trust in them, I can A, mm -hmm. get the encouragement that I need. And sometimes that's all people need. They just need mm -hmm. the encouragement to keep going. Mm -hmm. And B, I can get the, the person who can contradict me when I'm not in the right space, but I think I am because mm -hmm. we're all prone to it, right? Mm -hmm. All have fallen short for the glory of God, right? And that's the beauty of that. And that's what yeah. you want. And that's why fellowship is so important. That's why people who think they're just your Facebook friend or your yeah. LinkedIn friend or whatever. <laughs> no, you're not. You're an acquaintance. Yeah. You're yeah. not a friend yeah. until you show up at a moment yeah. when people most need a friend and yeah. see friends know when that is. Yes. They're not going, hmm, I wonder why Irv is acting weird today. They're yeah. going to go, oh, yeah. he's not right today. Let me find out yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Rather than going, that's weird. That's yeah. peculiar. Yeah. That, hey, <laughs> that is so true. And that's why it's important for us to fellowship. And fellowship isn't necessarily just talking via text, right? True. Uh, as I've learned the hard way <laughs> from one of my friends. Thank you, Ben. Mm -hmm. uh, now I want to talk about the correlation between mm -hmm. fellowship and discipleship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. So fellowship you can have with anyone, anywhere, at any time, if you're willing to be open to it, if you're willing to allow yourself to be seen, mm -hmm. and then you're okay with letting the other person be seen. When you're talking about discipleship, that's that's a little different. That's where it's mm -hmm. a, there's a focus. Mm -hmm. So we remember back in, in biblical days, you'd have the discipler and the disciplee. Mm -hmm. Right, and that disciple he literally lived with this person, traveled with this person because they were to understand mm -hmm. it from the full perspective of this is how this is not just theory, this is how you live your life. And mm -hmm. so, how do people learn the best? They learn the best by by engaging in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't learn how to ride a bike by reading a book. Right. You actually have to get on a bike and experience what balance is like until you get it down. Mm -hmm. So the discipler is super more intentional mm -hmm. in terms of making sure that that engagement is really teaching you something that's going to benefit you where a fellowship just benefits you because the person's there mm -hmm. and you're not looking for them to teach you or you teach them. Mm -hmm. It's just you engage because it makes sense for y'all to be together and you're feeling something and it's shared. And when people share a feeling, mm -hmm. it's much more palpable. That's why people, when they go to the game, yeah. somebody scores a touchdown. Like how many people yeah. jump up and do this? Cause it's something to yeah. be doing that with everybody else. Yeah. I got you. I got you. That's <laughs> good. That's good. And as we talk about discipleship, fellowship, mm -hmm. and let's now talk about the family. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when families encounter trials, you encounter addiction and a certain member of the family is suffering from this. There sometimes is this kind of, there's some bitterness, mm -hmm. there could eventually be some resentment. Mm -hmm. And then there is also from a parent's perspective, what did I do wrong to Irvin that he became an alcoholic? I talk to the parents and the families out there who are dealing with people who suffer from addiction. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're the parent, once again, this comes into play about grace, mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, God has forgiven us and is continuing to forgive us for our sins. So yeah. how can we then say, no, I can't forgive you for your sin and be resentful about it. Yeah. It doesn't flow well, right? Yeah. So if we're changed by Christ, and again, it's all about Christ, mm -hmm. right? David here, he didn't go to his friend. Mm -hmm. He went to God. Yeah, that's good. Ultimate, right? He did, yeah. right? So when you're the parent and you're looking at this child, you know, this child is sinning in the way that they sinned, just like you sinned when you were a child and something in the way you're sinning now. So yeah. there should be this link that says, hey, we have something in common, a universal mm -hmm. theme, which is sin. Now, how do I want to be treated mm -hmm. when I'm in error? Do I want somebody to lambast me, cut me off, abuse me verbally or emotionally freeze me out and not talk to me? Yeah. Or do I want someone who's going to show 
the, the, the empathy and the compassion that Christ would to say, yeah. listen, you're in a state right now. Yeah. You're not what you do. Yeah. You just have a behavior because you're having a moment mm -hmm. right now where you're making different choices mm -hmm. than you would make if you actually were in a space of feeling loved and, and cared for. So therefore, let me turn up the love and the yeah. care rather than the criticism. Now, for the parents that are feeling like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, what did I do? Well, you, you never had that control anyway. Ooh, you amen. never had that control of your yep. of your kids anyway. So, right. to, to, so the worst way to make yourself feel bad about things <laughs> is to stress over things you never really had control that you of anyway. Never had right? control this kid of. is going to pick whatever they pick. They're going to do whatever they do. You can have five kids, and out of the five kids, one of them will be the rebel. Yeah. There'll always be at least one. Yeah. Right. With yeah. other, you, and you can't go. Well, what happened? The what? other four were great, but oh, great. not this one. No, they yeah. all grew up in the same environment. It's yeah. just different people. You see why I like behaviors. Yeah. Will exhibit different behaviors based off of different underlying things that yeah. they are interpreting in their life. Yeah. So then that's a moment to say, this is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. The kid that's wild and not the worst is the one that needs to love the most. Yeah. So now you have an opportunity to show that you still can give this kid love, even though this kid may be completely taxing on your patience. That's good. Now, we also got to address children whose parents are in addiction and having problems. Talk yeah. to them. And that would be me growing up as a kid, dealing with my parents. And so I can say that it's you feel powerless when the people who have the power, the safety structure, because they're the ones paying the bills and making sure the roof's over your head so that you can live there. Yeah. But when you see them go to a state mm -hmm. where they almost seem like they're the child yeah. in the relationship and you have to be the adult, yeah. that will happen sometimes. And so, again, I think for kids, if, if you get resentful, mm -hmm. you lose. Mm. So rule number one, you, you can't get resentful. But you do yeah. need to know that you probably can't handle this on your own. So who do you cry out to? David yeah. cried out to the Lord. You need to cry out to the Lord, but also who are the people who support you Yes, that you also respect and admire? It could be a grand aunt. It could mm -hmm. be an uncle. It could be uh, a grandma. It could be, it could be a cousin, mm -hmm. but there's somebody in your family that also sees what you see that could relate to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So you want to find out who are the best voices uh, in your family that you should listen to. Not mm -hmm. the ones who gossip because they'll, they'll make you even madder at your parent. Right for being succumbing to this, but who are the, who's your support, you know, that would know your story and see it okay, and then engage them. Cause you don't want to take that fight when you're the kid yeah. alone trying to deal with an adult. Okay. I'm married. So we got to address the spouses. So talk okay. about spouses now. Okay. So now the spouses have made this wonderful commitment that day on the day <laughs> standing there at the altar with all those people around and wearing yes, your best clothes. Yes, That yes. was a covenant that was made that yes. day. Say it again. That was a what? That was a covenant uh, that was uh, made. All that right. Day, right. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so it says something about sickness and in health and it talked better about better or worse. Better or worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And so if that's the case, <clears throat> now you get a chance to practice that now because love <laughs> Is not a, it's not, we're not thinking about it in terms of being a noun. We're looking at love in terms of a verb. Mm -hmm. Love is something that you do. So you have to love this person mm -hmm. through the most uncomfortable situation. But here's the upside. Yeah. If you're able to do that, mm -hmm. and you're probably going to pull on your help. Yeah. Because God doesn't mind being called the help. Yeah. Because he's the ultimate help, right? When you can appeal to that and then look at your spouse, what your spouse needs to see is that hey, this person, despite me being most the most difficult person right now, mm -hmm. I can still see love in their face despite the fact that they're hurt. And that might do more to straighten you up 
more than anything. Yeah. When you see that this person is hurting because of you, but they're still choosing not to beat you up. Right. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you were in my story when I was in my <laughs> waiting on my wife to lay hands on me. I'm glad she never did. But I, I can tell you to this day, even though mm -hmm. I've been recovered for a while now, I still remember seeing her face when I was, you know, the drunk husband, man. That that what you do to yourself. I, I think I was I was okay with that, but it was all the collateral damage, right? Mm -hmm. My mom, the family. Yeah, yeah. And then some of my real true friends, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I did when I was in my active addiction and trying to make amends for that. Mm -hmm. Talk about, as we talk and open the show around mm -hmm. the value mm -hmm. of fellowship and family. Now, talk about how your work that you do mm -hmm. gets integrated into that and adds value to fellowship and family. Yeah. So one of the best things you can do is acknowledge, acknowledge that this is a space that you don't know much in. Mm -hmm. And rather than go and talk to other people who might have the same opinion and then your confirmation bias kicks in, you pick only people who will side with you. That That's the worst thing you can do. What you need is somebody who's outside, an impartial person who comes yeah. in who also cares about you. Yeah. And so with a coach, that's the great thing about an executive coach. And when we come into the situation, our job is not to judge you. Mm -hmm. Our job is to see where in your thought process where there's an Ill illegitimate idea or concept that you're anchoring yourself to mm -hmm. that's creating an even a bigger problem. Okay. Right? And so the person at the time can't see what that is. Yeah. So they need someone else to be able to help them see it, right? So mm -hmm. people will tell you, I'm trying to be seen, I'm trying to be heard. Well, sometimes they don't even see themselves. Mm. And how confusing and how disorienting is that when you can't even see yourself, when you don't mm. even know what you need? Right. And so that's why you need someone who can come in that, that, that says, hey, listen, that my job is to listen. Mm -hmm. My job is to hear the gaps and the shortfalls and also your wins, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes I need to point you back to your wins and go, look, you won here. Mm -hmm. That didn't end you here. Could you not repeat this? Yeah. And what does it take to repeat that effort? Mm -hmm. Right. So you show people the wins, you, 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 ex you analyze the losses. And then what they feel is, is they feel like, well, I'm not walking through this all by myself and alone, which they shouldn't be walking right. this by alone because if everyone could fix themselves, there'd be no need for psychologists, therapists, and anything else. And no fellowship. There would be right. no need for that. But yeah. God created us for fellowship. Absolutely. With him and with others, right? Absolutely. Oh, man. When I was in corporate America and I spent 20 plus years there, what I noticed was a trend. The ones who were the most successful always had informal, formal mentors, mm -hmm. and they had formal and informal coach yeah. across the board. Yeah. I, I mean, I could line it up and I was at different big corporations yeah. and I noticed that. The other thing I noticed is people had the wrong perspective of coaching and counseling. Sure. I, hey, raise my hand. I was. Yeah. So dispel some of the notions and some of the fear around coaching and counseling. Yeah. So for one, the coach is not a therapist. Mm -hmm. The coach shouldn't be a consultant. Mm -hmm. And the coach shouldn't be the mentor. Mm -hmm. The coach needs to be a coach. Mm, now, that's good. in the situation, there might be a, a, you might see an opportunity to mentor. Yeah. But you got to ask, hey, yeah. I'm seeing something else in terms of a mentorship in this yeah. situation. Would you be open to that? But coaching is supposed to be, 
hey, I see you, what you're good at. I see your talents. I see your abilities. Mm -hmm. Let me help you walk through this so we can figure out what's the best play for you to make here. Yeah. Another way to imagine a good coach is a coach is the co-pilot, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. the person is still the pilot. Okay. It's still your life. You still got to fly that plane, mm -hmm. right? And the scripture would say every man and every woman has to carry their own load, but the community is to help you carry the burdens, mm -hmm. right? So there's a difference. So we, we have something, ownership, that yeah. you know. So it's your plane, mm -hmm. but while you're flying that plane, you may not be able to see all the instruments and the gauges over here and be able to read that. And that's yeah. where that co-pilot comes in and is reading and able to tell you. And now you're able to then, based off of that, yeah. make some adjustments, mm -hmm. right? So that's a real coach. A coach shouldn't be coming in trying to consult you or mentor you or be a therapist. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Unless, of course, it turns into a situation where it is a hybrid situation and you can see at this moment, this person needs a little something. And But you ask. Yes. Right? Okay. So that is the difference between the coach and the therapist and the mentor. Right. And yes. The consultant. Yes. And you need a plethora of people around you when yeah. you are coming out of addiction, mm. trials, tribulation. Mm -hmm. I needed a community, right? There was the church. There was my 12-step program. There mm -hmm. was the coach, the guy who's a disciple. People are like, what's wrong with you? Why do you have all these people? And I'm like, listen, these people are helping put me back together. Of course, God's doing his part. Yes. But, you know, he's using these resources of that because a Christian or a believer or someone who's suffering, who's alone, mm -hmm. you're in trouble. Yes, you are. <laughs> you 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 are in trouble and why is it so hard for people to surrender and admit they need help so this is a pride issue mm. it starts with pride and God, yeah. the scripture says god opposes the pride but he is mercy and grace to the humble so mm. pride blocks you so pride says it's not that bad yeah it's not really a problem they're just over exaggerating what's happening Right. And they'll, all, they'll always find a way <laughs> yeah. to kind of put it off on everybody else but themselves. And that's pride. Yeah. Pride. Someone who's humble says, you know what? Yeah. They have a point. Yeah. And since they have a point, it's probably worth looking into. Yes. Because I don't want to hurt this relationship because of a decision that I continue to keep making. Yeah. That's stepping on other people's toes. Okay. PJ, this has been phenomenal. Great. Uh, I know you guys have learned a lot, I, as I have. So in closing, give mm -hmm. them, we try to give three key takeaways from what we've talked about as it relates to the value of fellowship and family. Uh, give them three key takeaways. Yeah, so I would say the three takeaways would be in order to have a friend, you need to be a friend. Mm, Meaning you better know that. what a friend is, right? Yeah. Secondly, as that friend, be willing to sacrifice because mm. sometimes they may ask you something. And then also I would say the last thing is sometimes though, there are some people who aren't friends. They never were friends. So be willing to detach because if you don't, because you're afraid of losing friends, then you're now holding on to stuff that's not going to uh, take care of you and never will be fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't fulfilling you and if it isn't giving you energy in some kind of way, then that means it's probably draining you. Okay. So get rid of the things that, that are draining you. Invite in all the things that energize you. 
Mm, I'm believing your phone and your internet's going to be blowing up with people calling for your coaching. <laughs> and with that said, how could they get in contact with you? Yeah, so I am on LinkedIn. It is my name, PJ Dunn, CCP yeah. there. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well as PJ Dunn, CCP. Yeah. I'm on Facebook and I'm on YouTube. I've got a PJ Dunn TV. I've got to put some new episodes up, yeah. but uh, I do have that and that's an easy way to get a hold of me. And then I have the website. Okay. So it's uh, www.dcdcllc. Com. My brother, it has been great. And I usually close this out with some words. Guys, I, I'm going to talk to the burden the Lord has put on my heart. And you talked about it, and it was the original sin, pride. So I'm going to pray for us. Father, we come to you today, and we want to lay down our pride. And we want to surrender to you, knowing that you are our source and the resource to help us overcome any problems, challenges, afflictions, and addictions. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.